Hello and welcome to the podcast of Vineyard Church here in Maryville, Tennessee. We post our Sunday messages here each week, as well as our conversations episodes, which include interviews, special announcements, and in-depth teaching. You can visit vineyardchurch.us to learn more about us or to access the audio archive. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. And now, here's the episode. Good morning. It's good to see you guys. Um, here in just a couple minutes, uh, you're going to get to hear from AJ, who is going to preach this morning. So that's good news. Uh, but I want to take just a, a moment here for us as a church to just pause and uh, direct our thoughts and prayers around a particular situation. As, as most of you already uh, know, um, Hamas launched a, a large and multifaceted attack on Israel this weekend. Um, there's been a swift response. As you, if you follow the news at all, you know it's very quickly escalated. Um, Netanyahu, uh, who's the prime minister of Israel, said very, very clearly um, that, that they are now at war. Um, that uh, not an operation, not around, but at war. And so it's escalated very quickly. And as we all know, particularly in that part of the world, um, the potential for it to continue to escalate uh, is ever-present and, and obviously uh, terrifying. There are already hundreds dead on both sides. Um, already more violence and death than they've experienced in that part of the world in decades. Um, There are thousands injured on both sides. There are prisoners of war. Um, It's happened very, very rapidly. Many people, as you know this as well, but have condemned the attacks. Um, Some people have celebrated the attacks. The United States, the European Union, several others have labeled Hamas as a terrorist group, so it's being approached in that way. Others don't, don't see it that way. So, um, it's, it's an intense, seems to be quickly worsening situation. And look, man, I, I love so much to come to church and just celebrate with you guys. And I'm, I'm the hyperactive gangly guy over there jumping around and celebrating. And that's what we should do when the church gathers in the presence of the Lord to rejoice in what Christ has done. This is what we should do. Um, but it's also right and good and profoundly biblical when something horrible happens or is happening, for us to stop and lament and grieve what's happening, um, for us to feel the weight of that, and for us to pray that God would intervene. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen next. I have no idea what should happen next. I, I don't know, as, as leaders all over the world right now are trying to figure out what their next move is and how to respond. I I don't know what the right diplomatic approach is. I don't know what the right military response is. I don't know. But I know this for sure. God is renewing all things. And he's asked us to pray that his kingdom would come and his will would be done. And when his kingdom comes in full, scripture's so clear about this, there will be shalom, which is utter and absolute peace all around the way. So when we ask, Lord, would you let your kingdom come and your will be done, which is a prayer we pray together several times every week, built into that prayer, we're saying, God, would you bring peace? Would you bring reconciliation? Would you bring restoration? Would you be with the people who are terrified, who are suffering, who have already experienced loss and are now facing uh, a 
a, a threat so massive and unexpected that must be completely overwhelming. So uh, what I want us to do, and, and like I said, we'll shift gears here, and AJ will come and preach, and it'll be a whole lot more fun than this part, and that's good. Um, but I would love for us as a congregation to just ask the Lord to intervene. Um, so can I, I know you just sat down, but can I ask you to stand, please, just as a sign of unity? Let's just welcome the presence of the Lord all the more. King Jesus, we love you so much. And we're grateful that as we often sing, this is your world, it's not ours. It's in your hands, not ours. Lord, we don't know what the next, what's coming next. We don't know what's around the corner. We don't, but Lord, we know that it is your will, it is your heart, it is your plan, and it is our destiny that there would be shalom. That, there, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done and you would renew all things. And so, God, we want to ask that you would intervene in this situation, bring resolution. And, Lord, would you please, we, we plead with you, God, would you bring comfort to those who are um, under immense and looming threat, who are absolutely terrified, people who have already experienced in mass incredible loss, Lord, would you, would you comfort those, Lord, those who have been taken away as prisoners, those who have lost their loved ones, Lord, would you somehow comfort them, Lord? And, and people who cry out to you in this situation, Lord, I ask that you would comfort them. And then, Lord, for those who don't, for those who don't yet know that you are the king of glory, I ask that you would comfort them as well. Lord, I ask for resolution, for peace, and for our leaders, God, around the world, not just here in the U.S., but all over. God, I ask that you would give them wisdom, that you would direct their steps. And if there are people who turn to you and look to you for guidance, Lord, would you speak to them? And if they're not people who look to you for guidance, I ask that you would overwhelm them and speak to them so that your kingdom would come and your will would be done, that there might be hope and there might be peace and there might be healing and in the midst of great loss, what the enemy has planned for evil, you would intend for good. God, let you let your kingdom come and your will be done. We ask this in your name, King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for joining me in that. And uh, great news, AJ's next. Everybody say, hey, AJ. Hey. <laughs> You did. This happened last service. You didn't learn from it. Hold on, let me learn. I mean, hello? No, man, just work it out in your own time. Get we'll on. get there. <laughs> hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Okay. I, <laughs> I wasn't going to give it to you. I was going to see how long you would just like, be stuck. I got it this time. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Listen, listen to me. I said I'm stuck. Something's brewing in here. I'm going to tell you right now. The Spirit of the Lord is brewing in here. It was brewing in here last service. The atmosphere is still set. It's brewing in here again this service. God is tugging on people right now as we speak. And, it, and I'm telling you, I'm so glad to be a part of a, a church body where every Sunday we come in here and, and God's Spirit is just hovering in here. Um, it's awesome what God is doing within this church, within this community, and you know, Aaron just finished praying over the issues that are going on overseas. And, you know, as believers, you know, we mourn with those who mourn. We praise, we worship, and we can do all of those at the same time. So I'm thankful that we're taking time to pray and things that are going on in, the other, in these other countries. And everybody doesn't do that. 
And with the worship that's been going on this service and the worship that went on last service, I'm telling you right now, God is moving differently today for some odd reason. I feel it in my spirit. The spirit, the Holy Spirit is thick in here today, Lord. So let me pray. And you know, I'm going to jump right into it when I pray. After I pray, if you got to go use the bathroom, if you come back, I might be done because I'm short. But I don't know if I can keep using that joke because I went pretty good last last service. So I'm working on my timing a little bit better. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I praise you. I worship you. Lord, I just pray that you just be in the midst of this service, God. I just pray that you just move me out the way that people don't see me, but they just see you in me, Lord. Father God, I just pray that this word does not go out void, does not go down on deaf ears, Father. Let your spirit reign, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I thank you and I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, this is the online service, so hey, everybody online. Um, I almost said that last service, but I didn't. Um, I want to talk to y'all about how, ooh, how God sees you, okay? How does God see you? You ever thought about that? How he sees, how God sees you versus how we see each other, okay? There is a big difference on how God sees us versus how we see each other. So I was reading a book. It's book by Tony Dungy, and guess what the name of that book was? <gasps> I don't remember, but I didn't write it down, but it was a good book, so if you, had, if you want to read the book, it's on my desk somewhere, but I was just reading it not too long ago, but it was a good book. Tony Dungy wrote it. So in that book, there's a session in that book, he talked about award ceremonies, and in that part when he's talking about award ceremonies, he said everybody has something in common. They all talk about somebody who got them to that point, that, that somebody who's seen something in them that nobody else seen in them. And they get up there and they thank, some of them thank God, not everybody, but they thank the person who got them to that point. It could have been a coach, it could have been their parent, it was somebody that seen them and they will go back and be like, you know, this person, you know, when I was in peewee football, you know, I'm, he thanks them to getting them all the way to that point. And I believe we all have that. I, be, I mean, we all have someone that we see something in them that nobody else sees in them. Walk with me here. And there's somebody that sees something in us that nobody else sees. They see it. They see it in us. So, like, my parents, children and parents, uh, husband and wife, coaches and players, right? You see something in them. So, like, I remember growing up, Sports has always been a big part of my family. So growing up, I remember T-ball was my first sport that I played. I remember Daddy taking me to go play T-ball, and I remember he said, you're going to play first base. That's, you're going to play it. That's what you're playing. And football, he, Daddy was like, you're going to play wide receiver? She even gave me the number I was going to wear. This is what you're going to do. And I passed that down to my kids. Growing up, my, my youngest one's out there, but my other kids, you know, my oldest one is grown. But when I took them to first start playing sports, I was like, this is what the position you're going to play. You want to play baseball, this is what you're going to play, this is the position you're going to play. Because I seen something in them that nobody else probably seen. Some parents probably looked at me like, you're going to let your kid play that? Yes, because I see something that you don't see. So I said all that to say this. Walk with me. Remember what I just said. First Samuel 16 and 7. And we're going to be, and everybody knows, if you don't know, it's a great story to read about David. And I'm going to dive into it. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. 
The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart. So how do we get here? So Saul has been rejected as king. Samuel's these morning, you know, is gone. Saul's not going to be king anymore. So God goes to Samuel and says, I'm going to send you to Bethlehem to Jesse. He has a son. He has some sons. And one of those sons are going to be king. So Samuel goes to Bethlehem and Jesse has seven sons. Right. He's seeing seven sons in front of Samuel. And he sends these sons and God didn't choose none of them. So that's where that verse that was up there came from. Samuel, when he gets there, he sees one of his sons. He's like, that's the one. That's got to be the one right there. That's the one, right, God? God like, <laughs> no. Because, and that's when that scripture comes up there. Okay? So after he sends his seven sons, 1 Samuel, 11, 1 Samuel 16, 11, and 12 says, So he asked Jesse, are these all your sons you have? Is there still? And then Jesse's answers, yeah, they're still the youngest. He out there tending the sheep, though, you know. Samuel said, send for him. We ain't going to sit down till he arrives. So he goes and gets his son. Now check this out. He's out there tending the sheep. David wasn't shooting to be king. David out there minding his own business, tending to his sheep. Hold on one second. You know what I did? I didn't put my papers in order. Imagine that. I done that last time. So he's out there tending to the sheep. Now, everybody probably looked over David. They probably looked at his brothers and all, but paid David no attention, right? I mean, David was a good dude and all, but a future king? Nah, wasn't nobody looking at David like that. His own daddy didn't look at him like that. A prophet of God didn't even look at David like that. But God seen something in him that he didn't even see in himself and that nobody else seen. So while most just seen David as a shepherd or a keeper of sheep and goats, God noticed David as a warrior because he killed the lion and the bear, as faithful because he protected the sheep, and as loving and caring because he would leave the 99 and go and get the one. God seen something in David that a prophet did not even see in David. But David had an unmeasurable faith in God that nobody noticed, but God noticed his faith. Everybody, we know the story about David and Goliath, right? We know that story. And in that story of David and Goliath in, in 1 Samuel 17 and 26, I'm going to read this. And I feel like that I could say this part because Aaron talked about this part. Oh, y'all got this. Man, y'all on it. It wasn't. Okay. <laughs> I like that. So. I can feel like I can talk about this part simply because Aaron talked about this for a while, so I feel comfortable now because he paved the way. David asked the men standing here, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes the disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So the kicker to this is back in those times, circumcision, circumcision was, a, was a big deal. If you were not circumcised, it basically meant that you didn't follow the true and living God. You, you followed a statue. You followed wood. You, you, didn't follow, you didn't believe in the one true and living God. So while people seen this giant muscle-bound dude, David walks up and sees a big guy 
with no power. That's what he's saying. Why everybody's scared, David says, who is, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? God knew all of this before it even got to this point. Notice something. David's been anointed, and God knew all this before it even got to this point. He's seen something in him that no one else seen. Check this out. You have a calling on your life. God sees something in you right now that don't nobody else even see, that you don't even see in yourself. While you're over minding your business, tending your sheep, trying to stay out the way at the most opportune time, if God hasn't already yet, call you to do something specific, not only that can change your life, but it will change the life of those around you. God, listen to me, God did not become flesh, die on the cross, rise on the third day, just because he sees nothing in us. No. He was able to look through the sin and see the potential on the other side. Take the spiritual piece out of it for a minute. Let's just take it out. Let's be flawed human beings. Take it out for one second. We all know flawed people because we flawed people who mess up, but because of our love for them and the vision we have in them, we look through their sin, we look through their imperfection and say, you know what, I see something in you. You can be a doctor. I see something in you. I see greatness in you. You could be this type of ball player. You can make that A. You see something in them. It don't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter how flawed they are. You see something in them. Just take the spiritual piece out. It's just a mere human. I see blank in you. I see blank in you. Put it there. Just put it there. So if we can see potential in flawed people by our human standards, how much more do you think God sees in us? Think about that. By our little bitty minds compared to God, if we can see something in, in each other, if we can see something in our children, if we can see something in people around us, how much more do you think God sees in us from, where, from the throne that he sits on? Here's the kicker. No matter how close we think we are to Jesus, no matter how much we pray, no matter how much we read our Bibles, no matter how much we get down on our knees, 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, put that up there for me. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 says, however it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. So just imagine the supernatural calling God has placed on you. And once you accept that free gift because of who he is and the love that he has, that beautiful masterpiece he has prepared for you will start to manifest in your life. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, what God has prepared for you. Prepared. He's already got, I didn't say this last service, but when you prepare something, that means you take time to put it together. <laughs> he has prepared some. That means God, he has took time to prepare a, speci a specific calling just for you. The simple fact that he took preparation to prepare something for you says a lot. By our human standards, we can see potential in, under, in, in other people, but by our spiritual standards, we can see all the more. So, if we can see what we can see here, right here in this place, on this place called earth, out here in this crazy world, imagine what Jesus sees in us. 
by his standards. We have our standards. He has his standards. Check this out. David was called before he slayed the giant. Moses was called before he parted the Red Sea. They accepted their calling, not because of what the calling was, check this out, but because of who called them. I'm going to say that one more time. Write that down in your Blackberry. Here we go. They accepted the calling, not because of the calling, but because who called them. Watch this. When a mere human tells us to do something, we'll do it because of who told us to do it, not because of what they're telling us to do. And what I mean by that is if my parents tell me to do something, I do it because of who they are. If certain people, if my pastor, if my, my sister, my wife, oh, I better do what she tells me to do. My, if, if certain people tell me to do something, I do it not because of what they told me to do, but because of who they are. And I have enough respect for them to do it. And I trust what they're telling me or voluntolding me to do. It's not going to be something to hurt me or anything. I'm doing it because of who they are. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? So, if we can respect the created enough to tell us to do certain things, how much should we respect the creator who calls us to do things? Think about that. We go out on a limb for those who are right here in front of us because of who they are. But we need to, but why don't we go out on the limb for the created who created us? See, we, we, we kind of mix it up sometimes. So, how much... Should we respect this, the creator, the God Almighty? No matter how much we try to wrap our minds around the love Jesus has for us and the calling and the vision that he has on us, we can't even wrap our minds around it. We can't. We can't wrap our minds around this calling that Jesus has placed on us. We can't. We just can't do it. And we can't do it a lot of times because... We're not reading our Bibles, and we're not trying to even look for the calling. We, a lot of times, we just settle keeping sheep. A lot of times, we just, sh- we just settle sitting over here trying to stay out the way. But here's the thing. I want you to understand something. I can tell you this one thing. God came down, became flesh, and could have died any, kind of, any type of way. But our sin and our imperfection was so bad that he had to die the most gruesome death, crucifixion. And that death was just to give us a snapshot of how flawed we are, how bad our sin is. He could have died any kind of way. He could have woke up and just, just made it happy. He said, no, I need, I need them to understand how, how, bad this, how bad the sins of the world are individually, how bad this is, that I can't just die any type of way. I got to have nails in my hands. I got to have a crown of thorns. I got to have nails on my feet. I got to have a spear in the side. They need to know the snapshot of how much, I, how much that sin is costing and the love I have. But here's the thing about the calling. He's seen the potential in us all the more that he defeated death. Because he's seen something there. He died. Jesus died for our sins. But he's seen the potential and he's seen the calling and he's seen the individual aspect of what we we were called to do. That he died for three days. They put him in a borrowed tomb. Probably stinking. Wrapped him up. And three days later he defeats death and comes back because he's like I see the potential. 
I see the potential. I see the things that I see the things that can be done. I see the love I have for them. I see the calling I have on their life that I can't just stay down here dead. I got to get up. I got to rise just so we can have a choice to choose the calling. Check this out. I can die for somebody because of my love. I love my children. I love my wife. I love my parents. I love them more than than you can't imagine. I don't love them as much as Jesus loves them because I can't. But I love them so much that, yes, I could take a bullet. Yes, you could have my kidneys. Yes, you can do I would die. Yes, I love you so much. But I can't rise for you. I can't, I can't rise for you. Jesus said, I love you so much. There's a calling so deep that I have for you that death couldn't even hold me down. Because I look through your sin, I look through your imperfection and seen your potential and seen the gift that you have to call you that made me defeat death and rise up. Here's the thing about this. As we walk through this thing called life, And Jesus rises, and he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, not only am I rising and I'm going to come back, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit to walk with you, to talk with you, to comfort you, to be with you. So when you get that little tug and that calling, don't think you're in this alone because he's walking with you. He's talking with you. He's comforting you. Now, David was back there chilling with the sheep. Cleaning boo-boo, killing lions, killing bears, lions and tigers and bears, killing a... Can you imagine the love you have to have for a sheep to go kill a lion and a bear? It's in the scripture. He killed a lion and a bear. What in the world would you kill a lion and a bear with your... That's a, that's a bad man right there. That's a bad man. But that's the amount of love... Check this out. That's the amount of love that David had for his sheep keeping. And God is like, that's the one. Now, here's the kicker to this. David wasn't perfect. David accepted the calling because of who called him. David, David was, a, was a good man. David took somebody's wife. David does some stuff. But because of, the, because of the calling he accepted, when we read scriptures, we overlook that part and look at the greatness that David did. See, a lot of us sit back and we say, I can't, God ain't going to call me to do nothing. I done done X, Y, Z. I done done this. I done done that. You know, my my belief is messed up this. I done that. It doesn't matter, like the rock says. It doesn't matter where you messed up. God sees through it. God sees your potential. God says, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to talk with you because I have a specific calling just for you. Now, here's the thing. A lot of times what we do is we say, what is, what is this calling? How do I, I can't see this calling. Where do I find this calling? First place I advise you to look to find your calling is the word of God. God speaks through his word. Did y'all see that? God speaks through his word. <laughs> he really does. He speaks through his word. How do I know he speaks through his word? Because I've read his word and I've witnessed it and I've felt it and I've heard God speak through his word. Sometimes you just need to start at the basics and let God speak to you through his word. Let God speak. 
You want to know, God speak another thing. It's not, a lot of times, and this is not a bad thing, we as people, we shoot for the tip top every time. If I have a calling, I'm going to be a pastor. If I have a calling, I'm going to be up here singing. If I have a calling, it's going to be this great thing. And we want to go from step A to step Z and think that's what it is. No, 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 no. When I'm talking about callings, I'm talking about God calling you. It could be something simple. It could be something you knocking on your neighbor's door and bringing them brownies. It could be something about you just walking around your neighborhood, just praying around your neighborhood. It could be just going up to somebody and say, you look nice today. How's your day going? It could just be you going out your way and just praying for somebody. It could be you just paying it forward, going through the Chick-fil-A line and paying for the people's food behind you. It could just be you going up to going to somebody and giving somebody a hug. That little bit is a calling that God's placed on your life that can change somebody's life. It's that simple. It's, it, now, it can lead to all of these great things. Trust me, it can lead to them. But maybe God has just called you to take somebody out to lunch for a cup of coffee. Maybe God has just called you to just have a phone call. Call, call one of your siblings or somebody you ain't talked to in a while because you're mad at them because they didn't come and eat dinner with you. Maybe God has called you to recon- reconciliate. That's that right? Reconcile. I, I went to William Blount. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reconcile a relationship. It's that William Blount education. Maybe that's what, maybe that's the calling. But, but, but check this out. There's enough Jesus for everybody. There's enough calling for everybody. Jesus is for everybody. When I first came here to a vineyard, I don't know how long I've been here, five, six years, something. And um, it was a slogan that they, they used. I'm pretty sure they still use it. Everybody can play. Check this out. Everybody can play. There's enough of this for everybody. Don't be just sitting back and settling, thinking that God doesn't have nothing in store for you or doesn't have a calling for you or doesn't have something for you because he does. And at the most opportune time, he's going to call you if he hasn't already. And when he calls you, listen, you can run from it. I ran from it for a long time. And to the point it backs you in the wall. And here's the thing. Scripture even says this. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So you know what that means? His calling may not make sense. But because of who he is, you should accept it and go with it. Because of who, because of who called you, you should do it. If my mom, if my dad, if my wife, if they call me to do something, fix the toilet, climb under the house, I do it because of who called me. God's going to call you to do some things that don't make sense in your eyes. God's going to call you to do something, to go talk to somebody that you may think, if I talk to him, this, this conversation might go over well, might not go over well. But if he calls you to do it, don't worry about how it goes. Scripture teaches us plant the seed. He'll give the increase. You got to be able to take that one step. Check this out. Moses would have never parted the sea if he hadn't stepped toward the sea. You would never operate in your calling if you never stepped towards your calling. How can the sea of your calling open up if you don't even step towards it. David, here's the thing. 
when David got anointed king, he's anointed. The, the, it says, Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. I can only imagine how that felt. Whew, give me chills thinking about it. Saul's lo- he's lost it. It's on David. But here's the thing. David ain't looking at himself to be nothing. He's like, man, I got these sheep over here. He probably done named them, got the, uh, Bruno and Fido. You know, I got these sheep over here. I'm, I ain't worried about that. So when he gets called and he gets anointed, what does David do? He don't put a crown on. He goes back to his sheep. He kills some lions. He kills some bears. Oh, my. He's just tending his sheep. He knows his calling. He knows who's called him. But he's so in tune with God, and his relationship with God is so good, he's just waiting. He knows God's going to give him the opportune time. And then what happens in that opportune time? There's Goliath. He don't know nothing about no Goliath. Even his own brothers were scared of Goliath. They got jealous of him. And David comes and is like, I'm going to take you out. He couldn't even wear the, the, the armor. I'm going to take you out. God seen something in David before Goliath that even came, came up. David didn't know about Goliath. God knew about everything that was going to happen. He called him for an opportune time to do something. God is calling you right now. You know what it is. God knows what it is. And if you don't think that you have a calling on your life, look at the work that God done just so you could have a calling on your life. He took some nails in his hands. Think about this. God becomes flesh, dwells among us, lives a perfect life, even cried with us. Said Jesus wept, even cried with us, walked with us, talked with us. Nails in his hands, crown on his head. Said the, the crown was pushed in on his head. Nails in his feet. Dies a gruesome death. So we can get a snapshot of sin and how much he loves us. Put in a borrowed tomb. When we, you ever wrap your mind about a borrowed tomb? His grave wasn't even for him. He had to borrow somebody's grave. How are you going to borrow somebody's grave? Think about that. I'm gonna, well, when I die, uh, don't get me no grave. I'm going to borrow this grave for a minute, you know, because I ain't going to plan on being here long. He was in a borrowed, borrowed tomb and seen through our sin seen through our imperfection, seen through our flawedness, and defeated death, fought death, won, and rose because he's seen something a calling in us that's so great that could change the world. Jesus said, you can do even greater things than these. So he's walking, he's healing people, he's turning water into wine, he's doing all these things, and he's saying, listen, you can do even greater things than these. I see it. You know how I see it? Because I rose. Because I've seen the potential in you. It's crazy because when I think about these awards, award ceremonies, if you look at the people that gone through these award ceremonies and you see the hard work that they put in and you go all the way back, they didn't look like they looked when they got to where they was at. They probably didn't think that they would even get to where they was at. But because of the person who called them and they respected them enough to call them to help them to get through that situation. They took that step, accepted it, walked with it, and got them to that certain point in life, and they just kept rolling with it to a point where they felt like they got to the, uh, the pinnacle, the hall of fame or whatever it is. But here's our pinnacle. We've won the fight. Our pinnacle is paved with streets of gold, has a mansion 
with our name on it, with many rooms. And all we have to do is accept, believe, and confess and walk in our calling just a little bit. Your calling might be at work. Your calling might be at school. Your calling might be in your community. Your calling might be just having some conversation. It don't have to be all this. It don't have to be all that. There was a one point in time I was like, man, maybe I could sing. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not making this up. I was over there and I was singing one time to myself. I said, well, maybe I don't sound that bad. And I got in the shower. You know, you sound good in the shower. And I was singing. I ain't going to tell you how I was singing. And then I was driving to work and I, <laughs> I cut my camera on. And I was like, I'm going to sing with my camera. You know, so here, I'm going to hear how I sound. And I really was. I was trying. And then I recorded it back, listened back to it. I said, God, you didn't call me to sing. That ain't, <laughs> that ain't, that's definitely not my calling. <laughs> but here's the thing. If you're wondering what your calling is and you're thinking that, that you don't, God hasn't called you to do something specific, he has. We are called to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, y'all. That means everybody's got something. Everybody got something that they can pour into somebody. Everybody has a testimony. Everybody has something that there's a specific audience that God has placed just for you. Whether it's one or two, God, he's going to be with you. Scripture says if two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be in a mist. He's with you. He's walking with you. He's talking with you. That you're, you're good. You're good to go. There's, there, there's somebody right now that's looking at you right now, and the only Bible that they read is you. They're reading you, and they're just waiting on you to go up to them and just say, hey, you know what? I was just thinking about something, blah, 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 blah. Those words could change somebody's life. You know who it is. You know the calling that God is, is tugging on you. But sometimes we sit back, and we just want to settle with our sheep, settle with our goats, settle over here and stay out the way. That's what David was doing. He was just chilling with his sheep and his goats, minding his own business. He believed he had faith, minding his own business. But God seen something in him that he didn't see in himself. God seen something in him that nobody else seen. His own daddy didn't see him. His own daddy. He said, yeah, I got one more. He back there with the sheep, chilling. You want me to go get him? Yeah, I want you to go get him. I said, that's the one. You the one. All of you. There's enough Jesus for everybody. And somebody, you get that tugging, like, yeah, hey, I, I think I need to go over and talk to some, talk to this person. I need to go pray for this person. I need to go do this. Do it. Why not? What's the worst that could happen if you pray for somebody? God listens to the prayer. What's the worst that could happen if God's called you to lay hands on somebody? Heal them. What's the worst that could happen if you just go tell somebody a comment and tell them that I hope you have a great day today, make their day better? <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? They walk away from you? whoop to do But guess what? You planted the seed. Guess who gives the increase? God gives the increase. So guess who does the dirty work? God does the dirty work. Here's the deal. What I've learned is Jesus, for us flawed people, fought for us 
in a righteous spiritual way to, for us just to be sitting where we're at right now. He didn't have to die. He didn't have to rise. So he's a winner, and we flawed. The, the battle is fixed. It's already won. We flawed people. Flawed. Let's just keep fighting like a winner. Jesus is the ultimate winner. And he's called us to do certain things, each and every one of us in this room. There's enough calling for everybody. There's enough prayer for everybody. There's enough praise for everybody. There's enough worship for everybody. There's enough Bible for everybody. There's enough for everybody. And that one person that's waiting on you to go to him is waiting on you to go to him. And God is setting it up. He's called you right now. Some of you already have your calling right now. And you only realize there's a giant over there waiting for you to come defeat it. And the moment you take that step towards it is the moment that starts manifesting and that, and that giant starts to get defeated. But you got to operate in it. Operate in the calling that God has called you to do. Not because of what he called you to do. Operate on it just because of who God, who called you to do it. And trust and love and respect God the same way that you respect the people that are around you. He's not going to leave you high and dry. He's going to take you right to where you need to go. Moses stepped toward the sea and it opened up. Took one step and it opened up. Make your first step in faith in Jesus and watch the supernatural spiritual gift open up. And here's the deal, and I'm going to start ending it with this. Here's the deal. Somebody from the band can come up here. There's so much calling for everybody. And when I think about it, the callings that God has placed on me, I always thought that they were stupid. Because my little crazy mind can't wrap my head around really how much Jesus really loves me and how much he really has a calling for me. So I ran from it for a long time. And then when I look, step back and I look at it, I had to take one step. And the rest was done. Just take the step. If you don't know what that step is, I challenge you to read some scripture. Read the Bible. And guess what? If you don't want to read your Bible, I challenge you to download a Bible app and listen to the Bible. <laughs> Where you going to go? It's there. It's all around you. If you don't want to download your Bible and you don't want to read or listen to the scripture, guess what you can do? It's something called YouTube and somebody's on there. You can't, <laughs> you can't run from Jesus, y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't. Check this out. You can't. What the enemy meant for bad, God can turn it around for good. I don't care if it's social media or whatever. You can't run from Jesus. Even the people that try to run from the calling and try to say that Jesus ain't real, they trying to run from Jesus because he's just everywhere. So they try to spend so much time trying to debunk Jesus and everything and don't realize that they getting more Jesus trying to debunk Jesus than and everything. You can't run from the calling. You can sit on it. But you can't keep running forever. If you don't want to read it, listen to it. If you don't have a Bible, download it on your phone. If you don't, if you don't know where to go get one, <laughs> go steal one from a hotel. Get in Bibles. <laughs> they free. <laughs> I guess that ain't stealing free. <laughs> 
But listen, take the necessary steps. Let me tell you something. This is the first step I want you to take. But there's other steps you could take. You can get devotionals, daily breads. You can get all type of stuff. God, who you know that can speak and so speak to you in so many different ways? You just can't run from him. You can't. And the more you run, the faster God runs after you. That's love. That is true love. No mind has seen, no eye has seen, no nothing. You can't wrap your mind around it. Only thing you can do is get a snapshot of it when you step towards it and be like, I wish I'd have done that five years ago. <laughs> God sit back there like, I've been trying to get you to do it five years now. All you had to do was take one step. Today should be the day that you take that step. Trust in the Lord. Ain't there a scripture in there that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding? There's another scripture that his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. That should tell you how magnificent God is and how the things that he sees for us because we can't fathom what he really has in store for us. Up here speaking, it's just a drop in the bucket. Up here playing, it's just a drop in the bucket. We all have the power to step out there and change somebody's life. And, when they, and then when you make that step and they see things in you, people see something in it like, how did you get to this point to where you're at? That's when you can say the little cheesy thing that sometimes we all think is cheesy. If it weren't for the Lord on my side, <laughs> if it weren't for the word of Jesus, if it weren't for it, that's where that comes from. But in order to be able to say that, you have to step into your purpose. You have to step into your potential. When David slew, slayed Goliath, he done it in the name of God. He didn't do it in the name of David. So step towards your calling, not because of what he called you to do, but because who called you to do it. And the moment you do that, he gets all the glory. Lives are changed. Seeds are planted. God gives the increase. The world starts changing. Everything starts coming around in circles. You're walking through a crazy world. You're, you're, you're sheep among wolves, but the sea is, is dividing on your behalf, and the enemy is seeing it, and other people are seeing it, and all of a sudden Jesus is being preached up generation by generation. All it takes is one spark to start a fire. And guess who the spark is? Everybody in here. I'm going to pray and I'm going to get out of y'all's way. Jesus, I love you. I thank you. I pray that if somebody's sitting on their calling right now, I pray that today be the day that they take one step forward and you part that Red Sea. I pray that today be the day that they speak a word into somebody's life and it changes not only their life but the life of who they're speaking into. I pray today be the day that the spark starts the supernatural Holy Spirit fire today. Not just in this building, but around the county. And if we all step, there's going to be a Holy Spirit fire that nobody can put out. In Jesus' name, I love y'all. Amen.